calling to let you know that Carolyn is a, a candidate for a cochlear implant. Welcome to My Beautiful Cyborg. I'm your host, Andrea Schwabi, and Caroline is my not-quite-cyborg, but she is beautiful. On today's pod, we're talking about family, how conversation works in a room full of deaf people who don't sign, and uh, we had an appointment today with Dr. Lou, the surgeon, and Caroline will talk a bit about that. So we're a couple weeks behind in podcasts because we took a trip to Ontario to visit your family. Yeah, that was good, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, well, I got two days because <laughs> I was at a convention mostly, so... I had a good time with mom. And we could have done a podcast. I had gear with me, but it's just, it's a pain. And your mom doesn't have Wi-Fi, which is more yeah. of a pain. So She doesn't really, really need it. We were totally topping up on the, the mobile data. data. That was terrible. <laughs> uh, so I was at the convention and you spent time with family. And family is an important part of the support team for cyborgs. Because, I mean, even in the early stages, they're asking me, you know, what are you going to do to help your family member get their hearing or, or learn how to hear? So um, talk about your family's response to uh, the news and and that you were just thinking about getting an implant before you even got it. So first talk about your mom's response. Yeah, I I think that mom's a bit of a sort of, sounds awful, but she's a little bit of a fearful person. So her response initially wasn't great at all. It was don't do it. She actually said, don't do it. Um, back in the, I thought it was the 70s, maybe it was the 80s. She was also offered a surgery. I don't know if it was a cochlear implant or if it was something else, but she declined and she figured, you know, her nerves couldn't handle it because it would be too loud. And then the risk of losing all her hearing was was more than she was willing to take. So, but this is a, a different scenario now. And after clarifying things a little bit with her, she seems... Um, Genuinely happy for me, and so and that's before more that's before you knew that you were getting it for sure. So during the visit, how was she during the visit? This time she was good. This, this once once I sort of was able to explain more to her and help her understand exactly what's going to be happening or what we know. And you so showed far. her the brochure, which that's is right. a huge help, exactly, because and she's deaf, and so in she fact, can she read it. She asked me if I took it along. Back home, she wanted to read it once we were gone. And I said, oh, Mom, it's the, it's the one thing I can kind of physically show friends when they come over right. or whatever. And there's like pictures. <laughs> it's, yeah. So how did your sister Carmen sort of initially, how did she react? Initially, the first thing she said was, it's a noisy world, Caroline. <laughs> and I was like. Spoken like think, a true deaf person. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. Well, I, th- I think that everybody's worried that, you know, my nerves won't take it or something. I don't know. I don't really know. I can't well, figure I, it out. Well, I find it funny because, like, I'm hearing, I can hear just fine. And, yeah, it's a noisy world. Welcome to it. Right. Like, that's what we all put up with. That's why people lose their hearing because the world is so noisy. Like, you're getting it back. That's, like, right. as if it were a bad thing. It's sort of. And also, I think in my family, I'm the one who aided my, my ears earliest. And you're the youngest. And I'm the baby, yeah. So, like, mom, I don't know how old she was when she got her first aid, but Andrew was already in his, what, late 30s? Early 40s? Yeah, something like that. And Carmen also um, was late in aiding her ears, although 
her hearing loss came on later. So, it But she's also sense. been more aggressive because she wears binaural hearing aids, so she wears both. That, and also she understands that this is something I need to tell people about because mm-hmm. uh, I, they will help me hear if I just let them know. Yeah. Which is a philosophy you have kind of helped me take on as well. You have to advocate for you yourself. You have to advocate for yourself. Yeah. And so that was that was the thing that I was late with. But in terms of actually aiding my ears and trying to figure out how to hear best, we were early on that. Um, so Carmen is very supportive now and, and seems to think that I'll do very well and is encouraging. And how about Andrew? He brother. sort of hasn't said much. <laughs> He's just keeping his opinions to himself for now. And he had the same initial response when it was going to be loud. But, uh, you know, I'm not afraid of that. Yeah, but I, I always find that such an ironic and funny thing. Like, you wear a hearing aid. Everything is quiet. Yeah, having more is going to be loud, for sure. Well, like, here's the thing. When you wear a hearing aid, I know that I'm not the only person who's ever done this. And I know Andrew's not the time. only person. You need a little quiet time or also when you're outside in traffic yeah, or and there's just, a play. And I see you do it all the time. You pull the aids out and you have that luxury of just shutting out the, the noise. Right. The rest of us don't without plugs. So it's sort of an opposite problem. We have to put up with it. I did ask an ENT at one time, long time ago. We're talking about What's the an 80s, ENT? An ear, nose, throat specialist. Auto, also known as? An otolaryngologist. Thank you. I you're welcome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I asked him, why... Why, even though I'm so deaf, are loud noises, do they actually hurt? Like, why do they seem extra loud for me? And he said, well, as your hearing decreases, so does your tolerance. So loud noises seem very loud to you, perhaps more than a hearing person. So truth be told, that was in the 80s, and I don't remember well, and, much and, else and the, about that And there's a lot of truth to that, because the, like, like microphones, like we're using a very nice studio microphone for this. Right. And it cannot tolerate high SPL, so high pressure levels. Because sound is just air moving. You're just shaping the air and pushing it out in a certain shape. And then people interpret that. And uh, microphones, some microphones are very sensitive and just can't handle a lot of volume. And the same thing happens to the eardrum and the inner ear where you feel the pressure and the intensity, but you don't hear anything. And that's really uncomfortable. Right, which is also the other thing that people complain about when they wear hearing aids or when they're Mostly hearing aid users say this. You can talk so much louder and it's not going to help. It mm-hmm. doesn't clarify anything. I still can't figure out what the heck you're trying to tell me because I hear the sound. It's very loud. Yep. It hurts my ears. And I can't distinguish and, any of that Right, sound. because louder is not more intelligible. And intelligibility, just to be able to hear the words as they should be formed, and then there's the comprehension of, am I hearing the word I think I'm hearing? Is it boat, not coat? So that's a different problem. Like first you have to get intelligible audio and then you have the comprehension issue that comes with not being able to hear that much. The only way I've ever been able to describe it to people who aren't hearing impaired or haven't been spending a lot of time around hearing impaired people is, okay, you have a visual impairment, whatever that is, you're nearsighted, farsighted. You're looking at the board in the optometrist's office. If you make that whole entire board bigger and it's just still fuzzy, Mm -hmm. can you read? Right. No. You, like... It's just still fuzzy. You can't make out the letter. So that's one thing. Or like you you can see that there's letters there, 
when you're reading something, but they're all blurry. So you know that there's writing and you know that you should be able to read it, but you can't make out what the meaning is. Right. And it's the same type of thing with a hearing loss. You, you hear sound. Well, your mom had something interesting to say about that when we were talking over dinner one night. Mm-hmm. And and she said she had a friend who, you know, was trying to empathize and understand her hearing loss. And so this is what your mom had to say about that. She told me, she said she wanted to experience how it is if you don't hear. Why? It's true. She said she put cotton in her ears, but she still could hear. She put earplugs in her ears, she still could hear. She put pillows on her ears, and she still could hear. And it said, well, you can hear. That's all the difference. Yeah. People take it for granted. Of course. Everybody hears. Yeah. So how can you understand how somebody else which does not hear? It's difficult. Yeah. So what do you think? Right. And, you know, like I said, the only way that I've ever been able to describe it to people is what I just said about the blurry letters. And furthermore... I think that some of what mum was probably referring to is not necessarily the physical act of hearing, but also the social right. implications and the social Isolation behaviors. a little bit. Well, isolation. I mean, you just, you are apart from people a little bit. Whether you like it or not. Yeah. I mean, how many and times have you been approached by someone, can I help you today at some clothing store and I have to trail behind and say, she can't hear you. Yeah, that happens. And I don't even know when. No, it happens the all the time. The that is that happens all the time and I don't even realize exactly. it's happening. If you weren't yeah. behind me tapping my shoulder, I wouldn't even know. And they just think I'm a dick. That's what not. they think. Well, I hope not. No, not. <laughs> okay, so going back to Toronto, uh, day one in Toronto, we literally just landed and we were pulling into Pizza Nova to pick up some dinner because that's your mom's favorite pizza and she wanted some pizza after our long flight. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> but I'm okay, but it was fun. And, and as we pulled up to Pizza Nova, you and Andrew went in, you and your brother went in um, because Daisy was on the phone and Daisy is the, the surgeon, Dr. Lou's assistant. And, uh, she called to make an appointment sort of pre-op con- consultation for today. And right away I was And like, so we literally have walked through the door and you've been sitting here vibrating while I've tried to guide you through the early part of the podcast today. Yeah. So tell me, Caroline, what, <laughs> what happened today, November 1st at the surgeon's office? Uh, it was fantastic for a bunch of reasons. First of all, this was the second time I've ever been in the presence of Dr. Liu, my, mm-hmm. my surgeon. Mm-hmm. So I met him once before for... Um, and we have an interview with Dr. Liu coming up in an upcoming episode. Right. He was very... We'll do yeah. a pre-surgery episode. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. So um, he was very, uh, obviously very willing and, and happy to answer any questions that, that I had, that you had. He was happy to talk about the procedure um, and just very kind of reassuring. And I also got my surgery date. So that's oh, did why you? I'm freaking out. And when is your surgery date? When is your surgery date? When is your surgery date? So um, best Christmas present ever, really. Mm. And it's December 12th. So Tuesday, December 12th, I'll be going into the Royal Alex for my cochlear implant surgery. I'll be staying overnight after all. I didn't yeah, we didn't know that. that. Yeah, That's the one new thing we found out today. I think we knew pretty much. Well, we'd heard over and over it's three or four hours and you're sort of in and you're out. And apparently it's not necessarily a new protocol, but basically they just, it's surgery on your skull and they just want to make sure that you're all okay. So they may do day surgery in the States, but here the protocol is you have a night 
in the hospital just to be observed and everything Frankly, else. Frankly, I'm happy with that. I'm, yeah. I'm very, very happy to spend a night um, just under the supervision and care of the medical team at the Royal Alex, who I already have a lot of faith in. Like yeah. I just, so far, the, the, every person we've met along the way has been outstanding and helpful and kind and just everything that you hope they will be. So I got to find, where did I put those pieces of paper? Oh, no, here they are. Just you stole them out. Okay, so there's a few pieces of paper here uh, that we need to look at. Let's see, day surgery, Royal Alexandra Hospital. So you have to read that carefully. Yeah. The day before your operation. This is very important. So we're going to talk about that in a future episode. Oh, eating and drinking before surgery is another yeah. important one. And then this one actually makes me laugh. This is the one I was, I was after. So do you remember what this one is for that she labeled soon? Do you remember that? So... You're about to have implant surgery and become a cyborg. We have to tell the family doctor. She doesn't know yet. Well, so I you have know to get that's what this was, but that's was, what that is. So this is the form that Dr. Maneshkar has to fill out. Well, interestingly, I've to been, say that you're fit for surgery. <laughs> so, ironically or interestingly, if Dr. Maneshkar is listening, she's not going to be laughing. No, she's not going to be laughing. But interestingly, or whatever, I I was just thinking again this morning for the umpteenth time. Mm-hmm. I got a book, I, an appointment with Dr. Dr. Maneshkar to tell her what's yeah. going on. So this is the perfect opportunity for me to do that. So and we'll also, I mean, that. I haven't seen her for a long time. I'm pretty healthy, so I'm lucky that way. Okay, so we're back uh, home and we uh, have a date and that's December 12th. And so we're going to close off this podcast with that information and we'll have another episode in about a week. And anything you want to say about just sort of your parting shots on you actually have a day. Well, the you know, truth is, like if you want to know, I just would like to just ask everybody to uh, say a little prayer that everything goes very smoothly and well and that um, we have a successful outcome because, you know, it's still a month and a half to go. We got lots of podcasts to do here. <laughs> so there's work to be done. A lot of praying. <laughs> okay. No, uh, and I do appreciate everybody just being interested in listening, because um, it's really important to have the support of friends and family. And uh, and if anyone is out there, you know, just wondering what this is all about, or is looking into it for themselves or whatever, I'm very hopeful that this whole podcast is going to be a. Uh, um, informative and helpful for them cool and we're going to have more information and sort of reframe everything a little bit because it all has happened so quickly and then we had this two-week trip and everything got messed up so we're sort of back into a schedule we'll create sort of a coherent timeline for you and the next episodes will be leading up to surgery on december 12th thanks for listening